Today on the Nerd Outcast podcast, we talk about Dark Souls. Welcome back. I'm your host, Chris Bastian, and like I mentioned just a moment ago, we are going to talk about the hit video game series, Dark Souls, created by From Software, that has punished and uh, given joy to many players uh, across the world. As is typical for my podcast, I brought on a few experts who feel they can speak with some authority about this given topic. Uh, go on and introduce yourselves, my friends. Scott, we will start with you. Hi, I'm T. Scott Ross. I am in New York City, New York. I'm a professional actor. And Ghost and Goblins is harder than Dark Souls. Really? Okay, we're going to talk about that, but save it. <laughs> the original original Nintendo, Ghost and Goblins, because once you beat the game, you don't really beat the game, and you have to go back and do it again. So to actually truly beat that game, it's freaking impossible. Love it. Love it. Mason, let's go with you. Uh, hi, I'm Mason Kale. I'm in Van Nuys, California. I am also an actor, and any Mega Man Zero game is harder than Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you're probably right. I, I, I'm not going to counter-argue you with that at all. I just replayed all of them, and I was, like, horrified. At, like I'm like, oh, man, I thought I was a good gamer. I'm so bad. Oh, perfect. Um, I am also a somewhat expert on Dark Souls, so I'm I'm looking forward to chatting about these games with all of you. As is typical for my podcast, or sometimes atypical because of the pandemic, uh, I have found an outcast, somebody who perhaps doesn't know as much about Dark Souls, or dare I say, not like it. He has been on the show before, and go on and introduce yourself, sir. Hi, I'm Matt Young. Hi, Matt. Uh, and you can find me on the Hello from the Magic Tavern podcast every week. Oh, you're plugging shows already. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, let me rearrange my script. Hold on. No, Scott, <laughs> Scott said he was a professional actor, so I had to sound like I had to do something. <laughs> you do. You... Dude, trust me. I'm not doing anything right now. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When I saw your name on the list, I'm like, is, is, is that Usador? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I was just kind of trying to figure out how Usador would fair in the world of dark souls being a wizard class that he is um fucking crush it <laughs> i'll figure that out um matt it's been a little while was the last episode breath of the wild i think so yeah it was uh, i was at jeremy's house for whatever yeah i think that, that was been. so it was a while ago it was definitely pre-pandemic yeah yeah uh oh uh, i was in the middle of a road trip and i stopped at a at a starbucks in Louisiana to record my portion of that podcast. <laughs> oh, that's right. You that's both right. were yeah. on that show. You know what? Like yeah. Breath of the Wild was one of my pandemic games and I stand by everything I said about that game. Second playthrough just solidified it even further for me. Yeah. So, um so Matt, what what type of nerd or what type of gamer are you? Uh give us a little bit of background. Uh well, speaking of Breath of the Wild, that, that's my jam. I'm a huge Zelda nerd, um, so I always love those games when they drop. Um, I'm sort of, as I've gotten older, I'm kind of afraid of uh, of the daunting games, so when I heard about Dark Souls, 
Like, it is me, like, no, no way. Not for me. No thanks. Like, you have to keep doing it again, and it gets, and it's hard? Nah, I want something easy. I want something light. I love a good Lego game. Like, I like <laughs> mashing a button and being like, I got I got Ant-Man in Lego form. Great. Who, who gives a shit? Um, so if it's too much of a challenge, I'm not into it. Like, Breath of the Wild is, like, challenging enough, but, like, there's a culmination of things. That's as hard as a game I want to have. I want there to be puzzles that I can solve. I want there to be... If I'm going to play a harder game, I want there to be, like, a tangible end point. Could you, uh, can you give me two examples of hard games, one that you felt was appropriately hard, and then one that was hard enough that, that you quit or, or just did not finish it, perhaps? Well, I, everyone keeps talking about going back in time. Uh, Mega Man X, and, and the, but the original Mega Man is, is impossible. It's mm. so hard. And you just, like, would have to spend hours and hours and hours and hours trying to get through it. Um, modern games, something I think that's too hard. Um, uh, a very out of character. I recently started playing Hades, mm. which has a similar kind of replay thing to it, but it's, it's fun and arcadey enough. I'm not like a roguelite guy. Uh, and I, I, I like, I liked it, but it was, it's still pretty hard. And I'm getting to the point where I'm like, still not out. And I don't know how much longer I'm going to do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then just kind of to know, what is one of your favorite games of all time? Or what do you think is perhaps the best game of all time? Breath of the Wild is the best game of all time. Okay. Uh, without a doubt. Uh, and uh, But then, like, what else have I done recently that I really loved? It's like, I loved uh, the new Pokemon games I thought were actually really good, even oh. though they got a little formulaic. Mm-hmm. Um. Are you talking I about really... Sword and Shield? Sword and Shield, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm interested in the. They just announced a new like feudal Japan, yeah, open world Pokemon, and I'm like, oh, I'm interested in that. Um. Uh, I love. Uh, I loved. Um. Oh my God, blanking on the name. Uh, the Will of the Wisp one. What's the name of the little Ori in the Blind Forest? Ori, Ori in the oh. Blind Forest. Yeah, the, I love those. Like, I think like. I love a good platformer that like that I can I can sink my teeth into, but isn't too hard. So like I'm, as a Mario player, there's a point where like I get through like half of a Mario game and I'm like I'm out. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna make this jump in a million years. I could sit here and do it twenty times in a row and just get really angry. And instead, I'm just not gonna do that because mm-hmm. I'd rather like live my life. No, that's that's very fair. Weak. I know. I know. I get. And but but when I was younger, when I was a kid, I was like, you know, Super Mario Brothers three, uh, Super Mario sixty four. Like I was like all in, and I like did them, and I, like I I put in the hours and I put in the time, and somewhere around Sunshine, I think I was like, I got eighty stars, I'm good, I don't need one hundred twenty stars. Eighties eighties a B. I got a B in Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> I'm a B. I'm a B player. I'm a B plus yeah, player. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's fine. fine. No, yeah. no, you gotta live your life. I now, it. granted, it's out of not 100 stars, so that's not right, but uh, who cares? Very good. Um, well, Matt, you are you are the outcast. So as we go through the discussion today, you are allowed to um, direct it however you wish. If we talk about something or if you have a question or anything that you want to throw out there, you have that power. You, you have yeah. been bequeathed that power. Uh, awesome. And my experts, it goes the other way uh, to some degree. If there is a specific question you wish to ask Matt, you can by all means ask him. 
So perfect. Well, with that all out of the way, let's get started. I'm just going to throw down just a few quick uh, facts about Dark Souls. Um, Dark Souls is developed by From Software. Uh, it's part of kind of what they call the Souls family, which actually kind of extends to a lot of their games. But primarily, we're talking about Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3. But there's also Demon Souls. There's also Bloodborne. And there's also, we're trying to figure out how to say this, uh, Sakuro Shadows Die Twice, I believe, is their most recent um, uh, creation. Uh, I would love to start this discussion off with a quote that I found. Um, this is from uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki. Uh, I believe he is the uh, president of From Software or CEO of From Software or head designer. I forget. I don't have his title with me. Um, but it's in regards to the difficulty of their games. Um, this is kind of a long quote, so I'll, I'll try and, and hurry through it. Uh, he says, we don't want to include a difficulty selection because we want to bring everyone to the same level of discussion and the same level of enjoyment. So we want everyone to first face that challenge and to overcome it in some way that suits them as a player. We want everyone to feel that sense of accomplishment. We want everyone to feel elated and to join that discussion on the same level. We feel if there's different difficulties, that's going to segment and fragment our user base. People will have different experiences based on that differing difficulty level. This is something we take to heart when we design our games. So he's, again, speaking about the difficulty, the notorious difficulty of, of their titles. Um, so that's kind of my first question, throwing it out you know, to everybody. Uh, are, is Dark Souls and, and you know, the extension of that universe, are they appropriately challenged and and you know, why why do these games kind of get criticized for their difficulty and is it warranted? I have a quick hit on that one. Um one hundred percent, without a doubt. I I've played games from Mario to Mega Man, I played Battletoads, I played Ghosts and Goblins, I've literally been playing video games since the original Nintendo Entertainment System. This game is one of the hardest games I've ever played. But without a doubt, it is fair. It is not an unfair video game. It is not unattainable, but the challenge is astronomical. But it's fair. Battletoads, you lose during the jet ski level because it's not fair. You lose in the, you know, because of bad play control. In the turtles level in the sewer, you get zapped by the by the 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 electro, you know, seaweed. It's not fair. It, you have to do ungodly things. With Dark Souls, you just need to learn the system and you need to learn the boss fight, which is all attainable. So I will not accept any criticism that the game is too hard, that it's not possible, because it is. And there is nothing, and I'm and, and, literally, there is nothing like the joy of beating a boss that you've been stuck at and you've played 20 times in a row. There's nothing like the joy when you finally beat that boss. Now, you may say, well, this game's not for me. That is a different argument altogether, but to say that it's too difficult or that you should have it on easy mode, I could not agree with more. I wouldn't like Dark Souls if there was an easy mode because I would have abused it uh, without a doubt. I would have been like, I'm done. I'm not fighting this guy a tenth time. Let's just put it on easy mode and I can just enjoy the game. No, it would have ruined my entire experience. Mason, you want to chime in on that? Uh, yeah, uh, I think the quote is an interesting quote. I think the way I just approach it from my perspective is just uh, 
Dark Souls approaches its system, much like Scott said, by just saying, here's what you have. You're starting off with very meager resources. And I think it splits its player base into, and I don't want to say it's a thing about skill because I don't think it's about whether you're a good or bad gamer, but if you're going to derive enjoyment from a process of struggle. (laughs) Now, some games do a really good job of making a process of struggle into something rewarding that you want to keep doing, and some make it into a slog. Um, I'm also really addicted to Hades. Hades does a great job of making it something you want to keep pursuing. I'd say Breath of the Wild has grindy elements if you want to max out any of the gear, but they incentivize pursuing those things. Dark Souls doesn't do an amazing job of incentivizing the pursuit of uh, in-depth gameplay, but if there's something about having this very customizable player character and exploring this world and really exploring this world on the terms of your own mastery, that's a very cool thing about Dark Souls. When I unlock a new area in Dark Souls, it is because I, you know, at the last minute dodged, you know, the inverted uh, 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 gaping dragon's, you know, uh, viscera breath and hurled a javelin through its core and then, you know, revealed this great chasm before me uh, that's never been gazed by mortal eyes. Like, there's this epic mythic sense to exploration in Dark Souls, which is kind of informed by how much struggle it takes to get from A to B. So this is super interesting to me because I, I, I should I should clarify that I am Dark Souls curious. Uh, <laughs> uh, but 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 it's too intimidating. Like I said before, like I think I think to both of your points, like uh Scott, I think you said like it, you know, it's really satisfying after that twentieth time and that's like and I was like I was saying earlier, like I wanna do it three times. I don't wanna do it twenty times. Like something about that is just like demoralizing to me at this particular stage of my life. Maybe in another 10 years, I'll suddenly have more free time or less free time and feel like that's how I feel some satisfaction. Um, and, and, and kind of comparing it to Breath of the Wild again, like you were saying, Mason, like what kind of kept me going in that game is like there are grindy elements for sure. And I maxed out all of the gear. And uh, but while I was doing that, there are things that distract you and pull you other directions. Like I'm going to find like, you know, whatever flower I need to upgrade this armor. But then like, I notice like a, a shining thing and I find a little Korok and I find like, there's all these distractions. So it's, you're constantly discovering new things on all the paths. Like there's nowhere that isn't like really like filled with potential in that game, which I, which is what I like about it. I like that. Like I'm constantly engaged with something new. The part, uh, and again, Correct me if I'm wrong. My impression as an outsider of this game is like, it is a slog. You're going to do this one repetitive thing over and over again until you learn the patterns or system and get it right. And and on some level, it doesn't appeal to me. So I'm curious what you guys, what is that thing that draws you forward? It sounds like maybe it is that the sense of accomplishment. Right. For me, I, what's crazy. I started with dark souls three and what really drew me to that game was, first of all, it was hailed as like game of the year and like everybody was losing their mind over it. I turned on the game and bar none, it's the prettiest game that's ever been made. I, I, the, the, the graphics on that game are er, they're earth shattering. 
Like it, it makes it makes Breath of the Wild look like a Game Boy game. It's just ridiculous. There are parts in the game where you literally stare off of a cliff and there's a little message from one of the internet people and it's just like, hey, just look over there. Just look. And then you look up in this vantage point at this crooked moon and the castle Lachlan in the distance and it's it's just mind-boggling. The world is so unique. It, it's it's it is one of the most crazy, unique, self-contained worlds. It's unlike anything ever, and it also solves the whole thing about how you're a character who is continually dying. And they make it so seamless of well, this is why you continually die, and this is why you continually wake up. And they make it part of the story, which I just appreciate, you know, because you played Zelda. Link dies a million times and magically he's okay. Well, oh, that's not part of the story. The only part of the story is the run where you didn't die the whole time. Well, in Dark Souls... Maybe your Link dies. Oh, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, the first time you hit a Lionel, he killed you in two hits. You know it. (laughs) It is weird. I I do like to think about it. It's like, there's a bunch of us who, like, would run away from a Lionel. And now we're just like... And now, like, I'm like a Lionel slam (laughs) god, personally. Yeah, right? I had them uh, marked on my map, so I would like, oh, I got to get four more Lionels before the moon comes or whatever. <laughs> oh, I, man. I, that's one of the things I really liked about Hades, uh, which, you know, I'm not trying to make this into a Hades podcast, but uh, that same idea that, like, the reason you die and come back is part of the game. So how does, no. that, how does that work in Dark Souls? I will explain that. I also want to say I'm actually wearing my Aphrodite Boon tank top right now. So we Holy could do shit. a separate Hades podcast. I just did my fourth successful run. It was my 69th attempt to escape from hell. Very nice. Um, <laughs> and um, the way they do it, other than there's this whole thing with uh, people becoming undead and then going hollow and becoming part of the cycle of undeath and rebirth that kind of your player character is in, is... One and I really, I really like how you put uh, what's cool about exploration and grinding in Breath of the Wild. Dark Souls doesn't have star fragments, yeah. But right. what it has instead is this really cool apocryphal lore. So it's kind of like when you wander around the world and you just pay attention to the literal building blocks of set pieces in the different areas and the art direction and how the enemies are dressed, and then. Like, they had a reason, like, they were like, damn, this game has a lot of loading screens. I guess we should put all of our crazy apocryphal item and spell descriptions in the loading screens. Because every item description will tell you something about the world in the game, including uh, your, you know, if you start uh, with one of the, they, they sort of have classes at the beginning. Classes don't really matter. It's about your build. But if you start as a dude with, uh, you know, like a holy symbol on him, it'll have a little bit like about one of the countries in it. and you kind of get a sense of this greater mythic whole as you explore more. And as you get better, you do get to place yourself in this grand, grim, dark mythology. And for a kind for, for me, who is like a very like fantasy nerd, like that was super cool. And on top of it, I could wear the armor that looks pretty while doing it because dodge rolling is more important than blocking. <laughs> I'm in I'm in your boat, Matt, like for for almost a decade, like between friends that I had in the gaming press, I had just been bombarded with how good at least the first Dark Souls game was. So about a year and a half, two years ago, I finally took the plunge and got the remastered version. Um, and I've played hard games. 
Like I've played some very hard games, some by design, some by just like we talked about earlier that were unfairly designed. Um, and like, what's not what's what's hard about Dark Souls is it's not that you die because um, you're going to die a lot. Like you just kind of have to accept that mentality. Like I'm going to die a lot. Um, what sucks when you die is you drop all of the soul experience that you have gathered. Now, what I think is really smart is it drops where you die. And if you can get back to that spot in your next life, you can pick it all back up. So it's like this really, really, I love this what design. What if I die a second time? Then, it, then it's gone. Then, then it's you're gone. hurling your controller against so, the wall and you're, yelling a you're, word you're yeah. not Those proud are the bad. Those, Those are the, the dark bad. times. That's that's the bad part. Um, but it's okay. such a but okay. it's it's such you know I think it's such a interesting design philosophy I haven't seen elsewhere where it's like okay you know where the monsters are now you know what killed you can you get back to that spot and if you can you will get back everything you lost and then you can you know proceed on your way so it's this it is this very much like risk reward um, factor to it of like how far out can I go. How brazen do I want to be uh, in this life? You know, like as I play the game and I watch my soul counter get really high and I, you know, you have to spend souls to like up your equipment, to buy items, to level your character. So when you have like 60,000 souls and you need 62,000 to level up, you know, like you're on pins and needles because it's like, ah, I need just two more so I can go level up. Don't die. Don't die. You know, um, yeah, that's part of the thrill and the frustration. <laughs> See, I feel like maybe I'm not the best outcast because you guys are already convincing me that I'm. <laughs> you're like, take you're like, I pre-ordered it on. A... Uh, uh, so I will play devil's advocate a little bit, uh, because I know some of the the uh, complaints about it too. Like, yeah, why would people say it's too hard? Because that's the thing that's always ultimately scared me away. It's like it's too hard. And it's like, well, I don't want something that's too hard. I want something that's hard enough. You know. Well. The the game is unforgiving. Like it But what does like, that look like? How does that, give me sure. an example? Well, I mean, so in in a normal action RPG, God of War, any other game like that, if you're going through a normal level, you you fight the little goons and then you kill a bunch of goons and then you move a little bit forward. Although there's a medium sized goon, he kinda gives you a hard time. Okay, you kill him, you move a little bit further. Okay, there's a big goon. This is gonna be kinda tough. Oh, oh, okay, but I made it through. And so there's kinda like different levels and you you're not really afraid of the little goons well in dark souls the little goon can kill you just as easily as the boss that you're going to fight you can never let your guard down so it is not a relaxing gaming experience until you're in mid to late game mm-hmm. mid to late game when, when you have figured out what your build is the hardest part of dark souls is before you have figured out what type of character you want to be because you have to min max in this game you cannot be an all-around character in dark souls if you are an all-around character you will be a bad character you have to figure out what type of weapon you're going to do what scaling stat that the weapon's going to scale with and then you have to dump most of your points into that stat along with keeping your health high uh and keeping your magic estus high so those are the stats that you focus on and you can't focus on stats that you don't use you can't be like oh i want to have an intelligent sword but i also want to have a dexterity sword nope you're going to have two bad swords instead of unless one you have good a moonlight great sword right well if you have the best yeah. different if you get the moonlight great sword then you can have both because then they both scale uh 
Uh, yes. See, um, this is why it, this is a bad. Now, now you've talked me back out of it. Right. Okay. I just canceled <laughs> well, that's my pre-order. What I wanted to say, but the, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Because I want to be balanced. I want to be balanced. You know. And that 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 to be fair, like there is there's ways to have like your your cake and eat it too. Like in Dark Souls three, like my character was very much slashy weeaboo twin swords, but I would double crystal weapon on both of them, which was just for pure funsies. There are thank thanks to the success of Dark Souls, quite a few uh Souls clones out there that are more forgiving. Um, they don't employ the same uh minimalist storytelling, mm. which is really like that's my thing. It's like Dark Souls is like a really brutal action RPG. It's it to me it feels a lot like when I would play like a Devil May Cry game and it's just like if I don't dodge this I'm fucked all the time is kind of the situation with Dark Souls is if you don't dodge this you're which is why a lot of people call it fashion souls. If you know the kobold <laughs> in level 1 can take out 3 quarters of your HP with a rusty knife, wear whatever the hell you want. So there is this co- there's a there's a dress up aspect of Dark Souls that I like. There's this lore aspect of it. And then you have other games like uh, I played Code Vein, which is like goth anime Dark Souls. Mm. It has defined characters and cutscenes, and there's no ambiguity to the story, but it plays a lot like a Souls game. And if you want, there's something that that's that's one of the appeals is there's a certain customizability and um, co-op boss battles are actually kind of really. You know, Fun. as someone who who yeah. avoids online multiplayer, I only do online multiplayer in Souls games, so I'm sure therapists have comments about we, that. I, w- I would love to talk about the online community for this game when we get to it. Um, yeah. I, I think something that helps with Dark Souls, because I had very different experiences with Dark Souls 1 and 3. Uh, with Dark mm-hmm. Souls 1, I knew nothing about the game. I wanted to go in blind, and I started the game up, and I had just come off, I think, Breath of the Wild, so I was like, I'm going to be a warrior. Like, that's that's probably what I'll be good at. Uh, and I'm not good as a warrior in that game. Like, I just don't, I don't have the blocking and parry system down very well in Dark Souls mm-hmm. 1. Um, so I've really struggled with that game. I'm pretty far into it, but it's, it's just hard to me. Um, Dark Souls 3, uh, Scott, you actually gave me the advice of, like, look up different classes like know what you want to be before you load your file you know yep. like it, it, this is a game that's hard so there's no shame in no. Like, looking up how character builds happen so for that game i was like you know what i'm gonna do a sorcerer uh that is also a good sword fighter and i am like tearing dark souls 3 apart um so i would be curious if i went back to dark souls 1 if i changed over to a sorcerer class or a magic using class earlier than I did in that game if it'd be easier to me. But Matt, these are games that are hands down, like do the research on them. Like they don't handhold. They really don't yeah. handhold. Like it took me forever to figure out how the stat system work. Um, and like the game penalizes you. Like if you if you try and just go and raise one stat over and over again, after a while, your experience doesn't get you as much. So it's kind of oh. trying to discourage you from like trying to take your strength up to a 50 right away. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. See, see, Hades had this revolutionary idea that they should not punish people for playing their game repeatedly. So dying has rewards in it. Um, Dark Souls does not have that. Dark Souls is not kind. Dark Souls is a stern, distant, 
uh, um, stepmother who 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 wants to send you away. Um, it was it was Dark Souls was really tough to get used to because I remember my very first playthrough of Dark Souls three. I was uh, a basically a basically a rogue type, like a a dex stat kind of character, fast dodge, and my end game weapon was literally my starting weapon, which is insane to think Bullshit. that. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. Because of just which, how would you know that? How would you know that the starting weapon that you had, if you max it all the way out, will actually give you? You take, you max it. You put the certain stones on it. You put you you build it in a very specific way, and that weapon becomes the best weapon for that exact build. Um, ah, that's okay. different to get used to because. Uh, you know, you oh, I, oh my gosh, I'm so excited! I found this cool weapon, and it's like, yeah, that weapon's cool, but you can't. I mean, that weapon's a special weapon. You need a special gem to max it out, but it doesn't go to level ten, and you can't max it out with a ti- titanium slab, and so it's not going to be as powerful as that stupid weapon that you think is no good, which is going to be amazing at the end of the game. Um, so it sounds like it's a game about commitment. It is. There's a like, certain look, amount you need of to, you yeah. need to make some decisions and like kind of stand by those decisions. Yeah. And- now. You can respec, which is really great about Dark Souls 3. I don't know if you can do that. Can you do that in Dark Souls 1? Do you remember, Chris? Yes, if you yeah. can. Uh, I have not can. gotten to that. If you, is it Got in it. Lodran, it, it, Lodran? Lodran? Yeah, you might be able to. In Dark Souls okay. 3, without a doubt, you can respec you can all respec. of your it's stats. It's easier in 3. Yeah, okay. it, it's, yeah. Um, it's in the Cathedral of the Deep. It's that goddess yes. who's sitting on the... the slug oh, goddess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I have a question for Chris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why Why did you play 1 and skip 2 and go to 3? To answer your question, Matt, uh, before I answer your question, actually, I, I fully admit right now, I think Dark Souls 1 has the better interesting world design, but I think Dark Souls 3 is a better game, and it's definitely a and, prettier game. And Dark Souls 2 is the one where Luigi jumps real high. Where Luigi jumps really high. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, Those are snaps. That's snaps yeah. for you, Matt. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> um, I, I got Dark Souls 1. It came out on Switch, and I had always wanted to play it, so that's that's what pushed me into it. Um, I started Dark Souls 3 because actually Scott on the podcast here, sent it to me as a birthday gift. And I mean, it is a loaned game. So I was like, oh, I need to start this game because it is somebody else's copy. Um, so I stopped playing one and jumped over to three. And oh my God, like I I love three immediately more than one. <laughs> I think it's a better designed game. I really do. It fixes just a few small annoyances that the first game has. Um, and unfortunately, I have not played the second game, but I, I would love to. So quick sidebar into borrowed games if i lend somebody a game i assume i'm never gonna see it again i actually just this week was talking to my cousin who lives in atlanta or like last week whenever they announced the skyward sword hd Mm. i go yeah didn't i didn't i lend you skyward sword like 10 years ago do you still have that he's like yeah i never played it i'm like you idiot yeah i I don't that one i so i've not played skyward sword 
I oh. like Skyward Sword. It's 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 interesting. We had a, we did a podcast on it. <laughs> I I love that game. That's a great game. I'm glad it's. We talked we, we talked for three hours about how much I love the game, and everybody poo pooed it, and I was mad. I remember that. I can play with buttons now. <laughs> Yay! Yay! It's gonna be great. But. Um, no, I do not. This is how much I love Dark Souls Three. I do not keep games. I play a game, I finish it, and I sell it on eBay. I, I churn games like crazy. I currently, I currently own four games. I own Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, Dark Souls Three, and God of War, the the latest God of God of War game. Those are the four games that I refuse to sell because they are all like. Top five Desert Island. They're so incredible. Yeah. I, Dark I Souls, have two of I them. Have, <laughs> right. I have two of Scott's two of games. And I have played through Dark Souls beginning to end four times. Four oh, different character wow. builds. God. Yeah. And it, that's how much I love that game. It's, uh, yeah. So uh, what's the, was it just to see how the other characters played out? With the right. builds. The game is completely different with, with different builds. Yeah. Uh if you're if you're if you're a beefy character, you can't dodge. You have to fight by blocking and parrying. If you're a fast character, you're doing nothing but dodging. If you're a uh if you're a wizard, you're doing a lot of fighting at a distance. Mm. Uh just having spells to shoot at a range is completely different than if you're dipping and dodging and trying to backstab and parrying. You don't do that stuff as a wizard, so it really is a different game. Mm-hmm. And when you do go around and you'll see someone who like maybe you summoned a phantom of another player and that player is using a, a great shield build and you did not invest in strength at all. And you're like, geez, if you're this big, the big chonky dude can do some cool stuff. Yeah. And you yeah. want to go around and be the big chonky dude. I Little mean, some of the great sh- the, the shield envy is real in Dark Souls. Dark Souls has some very cool shields. <laughs> um, that being said, the bosses, when you like part of the thing is like. When you learn to fight these bosses, they are satisfying and amazing. Like, one of my favorite bosses is Dark Souls 2 has the Looking Glass Knight, who's got, like, completely uh, mirror sheen armor, and he has this uh, Oh, Man of helmet. La Mancha. Yeah. Like, he's a Man of La Mancha reference. He has a giant mirror for a shield. He has three crying faces on his helmet with a crown of thorns. It's re- He's just so badass. Cool. There, yeah. There's this... Um, I, we haven't talked about this, but We've, we've touched on it. There's a community online aspect to the game, Matt. Um, like Scott yeah. mentioned earlier, like players can leave notes in each other's worlds that you'll just randomly come across. And, and you know, it'll say, like, there's a false wall here. There's a secret over there. Look there. You know, watch out. There's an ambush. Like, you can literally leave players any type of note. So sometimes people will lie, <laughs> which is oh. a realistic <laughs> move in a game that doesn't need it. Um, but... <laughs> You can also leave your sigil, uh, which is like your character's signature, and if somebody interacts with it, they can summon you, or you can summon them into your game. So, like, I was fighting, I think it's the Capra Dragon, which is one of the bosses uh, underground in the first game, and it's like this huge bone undead dragon, and it's really hard. The Gaping Dragon. The Gaping Dragon, yeah. And it kept killing me, and one time when I went to fight it, somebody had left their sigil outside the door and I had never summoned another player before um, because I didn't want to like cheat. And I was like, screw this. I'm summoning this guy. So I summoned this other player and this dude was like super badass. So we go in there and he starts like drawing the attention of the dragon while I strike it from behind. And like, it turned into like this amazing co-op experience of like, yes, we're going to kill this thing. The dragon kills him. (laughs) 
and I'm shitting my pants because it has like that much health left, and then I kill it at the last second. And then, oh. you know, I, I mean, I took the kill as my own. I took the kill as my own. <laughs> I had no way of thanking that guy because he was gone. Um, wait, wait. So how, how, okay, I don't get bogged down in a boring technical thing, but how does that, is he like actually playing in real time or is it just like taking his build and the yeah. computer's controlling it? Yeah, if Chris summons Scott, Scott in the middle of what he's doing gets a message that he's being summoned and his his game will pause and he'll appear oh. in Chris's game. Oh, wait, so then he, that guy, okay, so to follow that story, the guy who got summoned and died, does he lose all his shit or does he go back to where he was when he got summoned? He goes back to where he was. Yeah, what what is the... I have never been summoned into another player's world. What What is the benefit of doing that, actually? People really like you, Chris. Oh, they don't. I've never been summoned. So. If I help you beat the boss, um, we'll we'll share the items and the souls when it goes over. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, there is an unfortunate thing where people can invade your world, Matt, and they can try and kill you. Jesus. Uh, which is a dick move in a really hard game. But you get Damn, some I'm cool items out. for murdering. <laughs> you're back out. You were in, and now you're out again. Yeah, it's just like, I, I don't want to... Oh, you get good yeah, items when you kill other people. But there's rewards for the murder. <laughs> well, that's why, if you accept that you're going to die, and then you just play differently when you have to level up, when you've got your 60,000 souls and you're ready to level up, and you don't you don't have any bones to warp back to the, to the, to the, 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 the coiled sword, you just, you know, you just turn off your Wi-Fi, or you play carefully... <laughs> Or you just, or if someone is summoned, you just run. <laughs> you just run <laughs> away. Just run back, and you know, get to the get to the bonfire so you can spend your souls. If you don't have souls, you don't mind dying, you know, because they they show up, and if you lose, they kill you, and you'll lose like two hundred souls. It doesn't matter. It only matters if you have a bunch of souls that you haven't been able to spend yet. And yeah. so it is a game about management, like. There's a different time for when you're farming and then when you're exploring. When you're exploring, you you have to be careful that, oh, I've completed this much of this level. I need to turn back and go and empty my souls. Or you've given up on it. You're like, I have 20,000 souls. I'm not, I don't care about those 20,000 souls. I'm going to keep exploring. I'm going to open up the shortcuts. I'm going to yeah. get further I, in this area. I might as well take this time to learn since right. I'm not really leveling up this time around. Right. Like, okay, that. I mean, I can get into the headspace of this. Right. I mean, the the piracy aspect of people being able to kill me like really turns me off. Right. But like, it's but then not there's that no- they're, they're not stealing from you. I, they yeah, can, I get they it. can they can wreck your day if you've put yourself in the position to have your day wrecked. Right. So, sure. So let me put let me finish my story. And if you kill them in self defense, so I killed the dragon right with the help of that dude, and I got all these souls right. So I'm going back to the bonfire. And I get the message, my world has been invaded by, like, giant bomb 69. Like, something, you know, something that's very much not a Dark Souls uh, name. And I'm like, Dick Fart 911. Yeah, Dick Fart 911. I'm like, fuck. So I'm, like, trying to run back to the bonfire before this asshole kills me. And he meets me at the bonfire. Oh, like, he's there. That's... But I know if I die, like, at least I'm going to respawn, like, right by my death. And I fucking killed him. I killed him, you guys. I killed him, and I was so proud of it. And I was on a super high for like two hours because yes! I killed the dragon and I killed that guy who tried to kill me. <laughs> Felt really good that day. Good so, I, lo- 
Matt, so if truly, I'm one of these guys who wants to like truly like pirate like that guy, like you're saying, it's not a Dark Souls game. They're not like into the world of it and the world building of it. They just want to go in and like brief people. Mm-hmm. It, it, can you get? Is that a legitimate way to play, or is that like kind of breaking the game? Could I get a lot of stuff by essentially like making myself a no a pirate? There's essentially there's there's covenants. You'll run into some cool NPCs and um. And like they're like the Covenant of Blood or some crap like that, and they'll give you an item that you use to invade other people's worlds. And every time I'm making up item names now because it's been a while since I've done this. And every time you go into someone's world and kill them, you'll get a bloody chain link. And if you come in with, and you move up in the guild with a number of bloody chain links you collect, and you get certain items which are good for really cool exclusive builds, but you can only get them by killing other people. It's like yeah. the Gengar of murder. I have never invaded somebody. Have you? Have I, Scott Mason? Have you? Have you two ever like invaded another person's world? I've never constantly done that, in Bloodborne. Remind me not to play Bloodborne at the same time you're online. And I've also done it a lot of Bloodborne. I didn't do it on Dark Souls mainly because I played Dark Souls when I was working on the cruise ship, so I had no internet connection. So I didn't do it in Dark Souls. But I just completed Bloodborne literally four days ago. Oh, nice. Um, is there any and- concept of retribution if I'm like? If I'm coming after you, or it's just like it's too random to like do that. Like someone jumps into my world, kills me, I jump and do can I find them? Is that a possibility? Like I don't I'm not saying I want to do that. I'm just I'm just trying to wrap my head around the whole there thing. There is no vendetta and item. then they should and make then, it. And then I want to f- find out what Bloodborne is. <laughs> there there is an item that you can get in the first Dark Souls where if you have this item on you and you are killed by an invading player, that player it's cursed or something like something will happen to their game and they don't know you have the item on them on you so like if they kill you you know that they're screwed um i forget what that mm. it's it's something the list of names or something you get it from one of the covenants in dark souls 3 um this is something i'd like this is why i think 3 is a better game one of the covenants you can join is if your world is invaded npcs will start to appear to defend you so, like, someone shows up to kill you, and then suddenly you have allies, computer-controlled allies, just popping up, like, protecting you. So I've been attacked a few times in Dark Souls 3, and I am, like, the army of NPCs descend upon this player and kill them from nice. my world, which is great. Like, it, it helps if you don't want to deal with that aspect. Gotcha. Yeah, the Covenant yeah. of the Blue. The Covenant of the Blue, yeah. Nice. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Blue bros. Uh, Matt, Bloodborne is from, it's also a, a From Software game, and right. it's basically Dark Souls, but set in a HP Lovecraft kind of world. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it is cool. also an incredible game. It's not as good as Dark Souls 3, but it is easier than Dark Souls 3, I think. Oh, wow. It is my favorite Souls game. It is incredible. It really is. When I say it's, it's not as good it's... as Dark Souls 3... I just I have a special love for Dark Souls three, but I just finished it. That game is incredible. It's it's my absolute favorite Souls games. All the weapons are trick weapons, so they like are a saw that morphs into a bigger saw, or a sword that clicks into the sheath to be a bigger sword, or a spear that cooks into a thing to become a giant whirling pizza cutter of death. (laughs) The whirly gig saw. I love the whirly gig. (laughs) Yes, we could do it. We could do a whole podcast on 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 Bloodborne. Bloodborne so this... is Victorian Eldritch Dark Souls. Yeah, okay. that's awesome. Okay, I get it it's, now. It's, it's great. I, this, <laughs> this kind of brings up another aspect of the reason I have steered away from these games, even though hearing great things about them for so long, is they, they're they scary. 
They scare yes. me. I'm yes. a little they, scaredy they, boy, and I yep. I like I like cutesy, fun, whimsical, just scary. Again, just challenging enough, just scary enough. <laughs> like like uh, Ganda uh, uh, Ganon looks at me in the Breath of the Wild two trailer, and I'm like, oh, I'm scared. Oh, I'm good. I'm I'm scared enough. Ooh. A good a good uh, John Luce, who has been on my show before, could not be here today. Um, for many years, told me that Dark Souls was the modern day Castlevania, and I completely oh, agree that with sense. that. Um, it doesn't it doesn't have like the prog rock music, um, and it's <laughs> you know it's not Victorian era except for Bloodborne. But the spirit of Castlevania, like Dark Souls, really channels that gothic horror and like difficulty. Like it, it really, and ever- yeah. And everyone's and name bo- is backwards. Everyone's name is backwards. Okay, great. And there are bosses in Dark Souls that are like scary, and then there are bosses in Dark Souls that are just like upsetting. Um, Artorius, when you meet Artorius, the corrupted knight, in oh. the first Dark Souls, you could tell like just from how he's presented that this is like the shell of a great hero that is now just his armor, and one of his arms is broken, and his sword arm still works, so he's just like. A, an armor with darkness seeping out and his one arm is flopping and he just screams in agony and flails the sword around. Like there is real thought into the emotional tone of all the fights. Yeah. I love a good world building thing. So like, it's... I'm so torn about, I, I, I like, I really feel like every time you guys say something, I, I am in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm, <laughs> out, I'm in, I'm out. Look, yeah. this is Blame one of the software. One of, yeah. <laughs> one of the things about Dark Souls that is, so intriguing and yet frustrating, especially for me personally. I've learned to to deal with it and I've learned to to navigate it my own way, but the game does not tell you the story. Yeah. It, it makes you either read the item description or look at the monuments of where you are. There there are cutscenes, but the cutscenes are are just like the boss turning into a boss, or like the first time you walked into Lothric, you know, but that's it. The story is in the items that you pick up, and it is unbelievably convoluted. And the first time I played through the game, it made no sense to me. And then I watched a 45 minute YouTube person explain every aspect, and (laughs) my mind was blown. Then I played through it again. And the whole time I was like, oh my God, look at that statue. That's the statue of Gwen's daughter because Gwen's daughter is actually over there. And then she's she's not dead. She's sleeping in the Ring City. And oh my gosh, that means that that's that. Whoa. And just, it's it's all planned. Every statue in that game, which I the first time I played through, I literally walked by it. I walked by it, didn't give it another look. And then you realize that every placement of everything in that game is for a reason. And it's incredible. Wow, that's super impressive. I I'm not as up on the story as you, Scott, and it's probably because I haven't uh, I I have not played these games as much as you because I have no idea what's going on. Like all I know is this is the most creepy dark crystal world I've ever been in, and it's like everything is dying. Um, and yeah. like I I think like it, the, the the game really doesn't dole out its narrative, like. I mean, Metroid Prime like throws its narrative in your face more than Dark Souls does, and it hardly throws its narrative in your face. Um, I wish there was. I wish it did pull a little from Metroid, where like maybe you instead of reading the item descriptions, like you could interact with parts of the world to to really like get parts of the story. But I have no idea what's going on in either of those games. <laughs> Is Bloodborne yeah. the same way? 
Yes, it Bloodborne is. Absolutely. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yep. But look, I, I can't disagree with you. You're right. Uh, I tell you, I had to have someone else who understood the story explain it to me for me to get it because you're just not in a normal world with normal rules. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they use the term God and use the term man and use the term witch and they don't mean the same things to us as they mean in the world of Dark Souls. Like a God in Dark Souls isn't a God that we would think. It's simply a being that has a lot of power. You know, they called uh, Gwen, you know, the first person to hold the flame. They called him a god, but he was just a being, you know, he was a lord. You know, the Witch of Isolith, the Furtive Pygmy, these are all lords, but not gods as we would think of it. And just little things like that where I would think, oh, this is a god. Well, then why is he there? I, I don't understand. And it's like, oh, well, they're everything everything's different you have to have someone explain it it's rough is there non is there non video game media are there like novels and things or are there like fans who are like into that just that aspect of it like because it seems crazy not crazy but it's like as a video game developer i'd imagine you put all this work into this thing that everyone can literally like you guys said you can just walk past every statue because in every video game you're like there's a statue here and there's a like, and and it's probably the same statue model in 20 different places across the world or whatever but it sounds like that is not the case there is a certain level of ambiguity they always want in the games and they yeah. admit to even and and it comes to the fact that every dark souls games has branching endings and none of the endings are concrete mm, okay. so it's not that there's a good bad and medium ending it's it's that there's like three or four endings per souls game and then it's really in, you know, that's why I like, that's why I said it's very apocryphal. It's a lot of like, how do I interpret the scraps? What did I get from this? And that's cool too. I think, you know, yeah. um, what I read is uh, Miyazaki used to, uh, you know, English, not his first language, but used to really like Western fantasy. So he would have to fill in the stories himself. And that's something he brought into the world building of Dark Souls is that the idea that you kind of have to, take what's alien and then what's familiar and sort that out. don't completely understand the story of the game matt like the tone of the game is very well done and the atmosphere i mean i've I've mentioned castlevania but also it also feels a lot like older diablo games like just this gothic Mm. gothic horrible place (laughs) well that's why you do all that world building right is like a lot of it is like not to be consumed except for like the people who really like want to do the extra digging like if you want to just play the game you're living in the world that is defined by those things, which makes it such a, is what makes it sounds like it makes it such a unique, unique Mm -hmm. experience. You know, I I think like sometimes I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that maybe nerds are too hung up on the details sometimes. Um, 
and that you know like sometimes it's the culmination of those details that actually is the thing that it's more interesting than, like, yeah the experience it creates uh so I, I i mean it sounds like they know exactly what they're doing i just want them to make a cutesy game about a, a dog or something that like plays the same way I mean, I would play the crap out of, like, you know the, like, meet the pyro video for Team Fortress 2 where the pyro sees the world as the, like, do you believe in magic? Like, <laughs> like colorful fairy light. Like, I would play, like, the hyper bubblegum pink version of Dark Souls where, like, you're, like, a, a, a happy otter with, like, a very cartoon battle axe just slaughtering stuff. <laughs> See, I think if I did, I, I think, too, if I, if that game existed... I would play that game and then I'd be like, all right, now I'm now that I've done it, I can play Dark Souls. Now that I've I think I need a right. I need a transition game. You you need a game to like foster you into the the yeah. darkness that is Dark Souls. I yeah, think yeah, Nintendo exactly. needs to do a rated M toad game and that that'll be toad <laughs> screw this treasure finding murder spree. I mean, it's not too late to patch Luigi into Dark Souls 2. Really Fallen Mushroom it. Kingdom. Do it. It'd be great. <laughs> Just, I just want give Mario the whirly gig saw. That's all I want. That'd be great. Well, Mario yeah. like hollowed out Mario as a boss. Oh yes. Oh, that'd be great. Um, you know, Chris, what's yeah. really funny? Real quick, before I, I, I wish John was here. I would commend him on the Castlevania reference. There's yeah, a part in Castlevania Two I'll never forget as a kid. Uh, impossible to figure out when you had to take the gem. And you go to that empty area and then you kneel down for three seconds and then a whirlwind picks you up and takes mm -hmm. you to the next world. There's nothing in the game that tells you that you need to do that. You just had to have known and someone told you, right? Well, there's a moment like that in Dark Souls 3. The only way to get to the dragon world is like there's this weird hollowed out guy who's doing this you, you learn a gesture by interacting with him and what you don't know is there's an empty rug next to that hollowed out guy and you sit down on that rug and you do the dragon gesture and you just wait for like 10 seconds and then you get teleported to the dragon world oh and i was gosh. like this is a this is totally castlevania right now this is a castlevania nod yeah yeah see yeah. there's something very cool about that but mm-hmm but also, like, that, I find that frustrating. Right, me too. I, it's, I, I, agreed. I would be agreed. so frustrated by that. And I also think, like, a thousand years from now, there's going to be some sort of archaeologist who's, like, into, like, our media, and they're going to try to be consuming our, some of our media, and they'll try to consume video games, and they'll be like, what I, What the fuck is this? Like, they, they <laughs> won't be able to understand some of it because some of it, because it exists outside of the actual game itself, mm. too. Like, I, and that's cool, but it's also, like, I, I have mixed feelings about that. It, 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 to me, I, I like that when a game has like, not that I want to be handheld all the time, but I like the idea that like a game can teach, like one of the coolest things about modern games, I think is that games now teach you how to play the game instead of you having to just like know or read a book. Like a lot of them, you know, the old games came with like pamphlets and you're like, oh, this is what this button does. This is what this button does. And the fact that a game can teach you and then set you loose in the world, I think is a really cool design concept and that it, it it's a it's a it's a way of learning like like you know it, it's it's trial and error to a certain extent but it, like it has just enough to like get you there yeah i just again i'm i'm very on the fence about that because it's Look, super cool but it's also like 
super Dark annoying. Souls teaches you how to play the game, without a doubt. At the very mm. beginning of the game, they are very detailed on sure. how to attack, how to dodge, how to drink your flask, how to set your item shortcuts. What they do not tell you is that your armor means nothing and that uh, your stats don't mean anything until you get the proper weapons that are scaled to that stat, which is like that's what they don't really go into detail and to get your weapon to be the best version of that weapon you have to upgrade it with a stone that affects that stat like you need to put a magic stone in it if you are a magic crystal stone if you're a magic user if you're a dexterity user you need to put a sharp stone on it and think things like that that's now albeit when you meet the stone giver guy he'll allude to it in dialogue Yeah. Right. But he'll allude to it allude, in Dark yeah. Souls dialogue, which is dour and weird <laughs> <Which> and distant. <laughs> it's very yeah. dour. These, these stones have been purged from the soul of humanity. And it's just like, okay. Like, See, I, again, here's where I fall off because I'm like, <laughs> I would tune out some of that dialogue so fast. I'd be like, blah, blah, blah. I'm getting a drink. That guy's talking. I'll be back here in a second. It's another reason I couldn't play uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Oh, like, I, I, yeah, Elder Scrolls so for me good. got so oh. tedious at parts. I was just yep. like, I can't. I it can't. is. It, it it definitely is tedious that game. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's so a good. there's a certain level of like D and D running underneath Dark Souls hood of complexity. Sure. Um, and yeah, like it, it <laughs> you you could play the game without ever looking anything up. You like I look at Final Fantasy X. And it's like, you have to dodge 200 lightning bolts to get so-and-so's best weapon. You're not going to know to do that. Nobody tells you to do that. Nowhere is it hinted that you should do that. The only way you would find that out is if you looked up a FAQ. You, You could go through Dark Souls realistically and and not look up anything, but it'd be very hard. Like I think the game, I think the game kind of put like based on like what they've talked about with difficulty and having a shared experience. I think part of this game's design philosophy is is like the original Zelda, which is to say like, you know, there's this old story with the original Zelda where like kids would talk on the uh, playground about like, oh, I found this secret here. You should go burn this tree or try this. Like, uh, and I think they're trying to do that with Dark Souls. Uh, especially with the whole leaving notes in the world in each other's worlds like i think they want to foster a community of discovery and um yeah i i think that's kind of what that harkens to is is why it's so hard or the way it is yeah and and that's cool that's very cool i remember doing that with zelda i definitely Mm -hmm. was like knew what i knew and then my i remember playing it over to a friend of mine's house and i'm like how the hell did you get that (laughs) like because there was just nothing. Like, I had an Nintendo Power with half a map in it. And I was, like, just trying to... I was literally drawing in maps, you know? So, it, it, that, yeah, that's a very cool aspect. It's just, like, it's tricky to do. And I, I, here's the here's the other thing. I think, for me, part of my whole, like, I want it a little bit easier. I want it a little, like, shorter. Like, I want to get the thing a little faster. Is like, I don't play video games that way. The way I play mm-hmm. video games generally is the solo activity that is like relaxing and is like my time where I'm not like doing 50 things and worrying about things. And it's like, so there's like the fact that Zelda is beautiful and I can just like be on my horse and see a thing and then like find a thing. And like, it's not easy, but it's easier and there and it, and it's pleasant. Like I don't want an unpleasant experience. And and I and I and I feel very torn because I feel like 
this would be such a satisfying experience and that something about that is pleasant, but like it could also be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. What if they made like a Dark Souls Animal Crossing type of game? (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm like, I always want to say like, have you tried Hollow? Have you ever looked at Hollow Knight? That sounds like it would be really up your alley. I do. I have played Hollow Knight. I didn't finish it, but I did like Hollow Knight a lot. Yeah. So like that's, yeah, that's right in the kind of my sweet spot right there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. Hollow Knight uh, has some Dark Soulsy stuff in it, but it's just it's so great. Yeah, I would yeah. just I would just say that it, you would be doing a disservice if you didn't give it a shot, mm-hmm. because okay. it is one of the finest games I've ever played and one of the best decisions I ever made because not only did it get me into Dark Souls, the first game I played was Dark Souls 3, which caused me to pick up the original Dark Souls and Dark Souls 2 and then now Bloodborne and that and then Neo for Team Ninja because Team Ninja is not to be outdone. They had to make their own Souls type game. Um, And so... And they made Ninja Gaiden, the newer Ninja Gaiden, which are impossible as well. Uh, And those games are also incredible and and you can lose yourself and the beginning the beginning to middle beginning of these games are so hard and as the game goes along it starts to be increasingly more relaxing and satisfying because you start maxing out your build and you start getting stronger and you learn how to play the game and cuz a lot of the times you're dying at the beginning cuz you press the wrong button like it's true you press one wrong button you're dead. Yeah. It's not like, oh, you get to get hit twice. No. In that first battle in Dark Souls 3 with the knight in the very middle of that arena, he hits you three times. Three clips. You're dead. That's yeah. the first, first, you, you literally. He's the first two- boss. <laughs> big fuck off knight with a halberd. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's a giant, it's a giant halberd. And it's three yeah. hits. And you're dead. Uh, that's in- incredibly frustrating. And so it's one of those games where if you can just, if you can just make it, it is one of the most rewarding gaming experiences. Uh, and look, Breath of the Wild is my favorite game of all time. Like, that, that is still number one. And Dark Souls 3 was my number one game until Breath of the Wild came out. Yeah. And Breath of the, look, Breath of the Wild is kind of the same in the venue of... Do you remember starting Breath of the Wild? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And dying. Right. And dying. And dying. Yeah, you're and like, dying. Uh, you're like, why? I have, oh, I have a I stick. Have, I can't, yeah, my sword keeps, right, the whole beginning of that game, it's a grind, and you were collecting weapons, you were going to every little monster, just so you can have, like, an an arsenal of weapons to keep yourself alive, Dark Souls is the same thing, you know, and then there's, comes that hill when you finally hit your stride, you finally get your build, you know, if you're a pyromancer, you finally get the great chaos fireball, and you're like, oh, I'm blowing everybody up um that was my most fun time with dark souls 3 being a pyromancer with a hand axe just just to be able to like hack hack run back and throw a big fireball in their face oh it's so oh so incredible (laughs) it's so that sounds really fun it's really good so that sounds really fun you guys yeah god damn it i gotta fight (laughs) i mean man if it if it makes if the games have been out a while so like i like Dark Souls Three was like literally ten bucks the other day on PlayStation mm-hmm. Network. Um, yeah, like the the games have been out a while, so they're they're generally pretty cheap. Um, what's I the don't... future? Or what's the future? Do they are there more Dark Souls? Or are they just are they going to do more things like Blood? Elden like... Ring. Elden Ring's the next one. Yeah. 
What is that? Well, I, I haven't even so heard of it. So it's a collab between them and... Do you know more about it than me? Because I just know that it's a collab between them and George R.R. R. Martin. Yeah, that's based... Yeah, yeah. So it's George R.R. Oh. Martin. It's it's Game of Thrones meets, uh, meets Dark Souls. Well, instead of finishing the book, he's going to help them come up with ways to kill your character. Great. <laughs> sounds, it sounds great. It's just going to so, be a game of red weddings. It's, all it's, it's just, just a yes. game of red yes. weddings. It's... It, I mean, it, you you do have like a lot of interesting games to choose from, Matt. Like Demon Souls and Dark Souls One, Two, and Three are all like medieval Gothic horror. Um, Bloodborne, as they have mentioned, is a Victorian horror, you know, uh, game. And then and then uh, Psycho, Sakura, Sa- Sakura uh, Shadows Die Twice Shadows is, die is twice, a yeah. Japanese, um, basically Japanese Dark Souls. It's a um, yeah, it's a, it's a samurai myth epic right. thing and it's Which got they, really they, fucking glorious visuals they they, they really they cool. really took the the format from neo neo is team ninjas samurai game right yeah. that came out first and then they released neo 2 and then from software not to be outdone did their samurai version uh and it actually got a lot of mixed reviews because the battle system is incredibly unique and it's not like other souls games and so veteran souls players were dying a lot when they played the the, uh, the yeah it's it's, a it's completely all parries different, yeah it's it's all parrying there's not really a lot of you can't really dodge well and it's it's all about stances and pair it's 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 i have it it's on the way well that makes I'm, sense though because it's a different type yeah of, right. you have a katana yeah. yeah well in bloodborne in bloodborne there's no blocking in bloodborne oh. it's only dodging. There is no dodging in the game. gun. Yeah, and you get a gun too, and you're <laughs> offhand. It's really cool. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, Bloodborne's I, Bloodborne's so good. <laughs> I really want to try Bloodborne. I, Bloodborne's I, so cool. I just love the Victorian look to it. Uh, it just I, I Chris, really want to try it. If if you send me back Dark Souls, I will I will send you Bloodborne. I mean, stop I holding like... his games hostage. <laughs> no. Matt, I have three of his games, by the way. I have three, not two. I have three of Scott's games. Um, He only keeps keeps four. Right. (laughs) Scott, you have Jedi Fallen Order, so you have five games. I sold that. No, you sent it to me. Oh, my God, I forgot. Yes, I was going to sell it. I literally was, I had posted it on eBay, and then you said you didn't have it, and I was like, oh, Chris, you can have it. Yes. That's a great Um, game, too. It's not worth it. It's good. It's 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 not, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Um, to answer your question, Matt, I don't know if they want to do a Dark Souls 4, um, now that they're doing that Elden Ring, and I know that they've expressed interest in going back to a franchise called Armored Core, which was like a strategy mech game, Mm -hmm. a series of strategy mech games that started on the PS1. Yeah. Yeah, that's also from software. Um, They're supposed to be fantastic. Yeah. I played a little bit of those. yeah, Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be amazing. Um, so I don't know what the future of the series is, but I mean, there's five, I guess soon to be six really good, punishingly painful, but, you know, rewarding games. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm only sort of kidding about the pink, you know, anime bubblegum version of it, but I, I, I'm sure just, that's coming. Yeah, I, it's I'm it's interesting, though. It's like. Just just talking about you know, creative pursuits, like at some point, you know, there's a diminishing returns on Dark Souls 4 and 5 and 6, you know, like they get bored with it. It turns into Resident Evil then. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so I think it's interesting that they're moving on to different things and like, you know, uh, and the fact that their veteran players are like, well, this doesn't work the way it's supposed to work. And it's like, no, this works the way this thing works is like mm-hmm. 
cool. I, I like that. I, I, I find I, since I didn't know much about the software company and their philosophy, I find that really, I find that really interesting. I just like, you know, it sounds like they want to challenge themselves creatively and that is paying off dividends and the fact that they're creating things that are compelling without being too, I mean, despite everything I've said so far, some games are too handheld, you know, like mm -hmm. modern oh, games yeah. a lot of times Thoughtfulness are Thoughtfulness and design easy. is important. And, yeah. and, and I mean, uh, like there's, there's no, there's so many games that are just like, Oh, like, like I, uh, love my hacky slashy stuff and like Devil May Cry 5. It's a lot of fun, but it's not world breaking. The whole right. thing where the music yeah. gets better as you do combos is really, that was a good idea. But, yeah. um, but you know, that game peaked with three and I'm okay with that. And, you know, some, but the From Software, something that they've considered is that they also do these games about dying worlds. So they tend to not reuse their setting per se. Mm. Yeah, like even the games... between Dark Souls one, two, and three, the world is not the same in those three games. It is, and it isn't. It's like oh, Final well, Fantasy; I... like each game yeah. stands on its own. Right. Well, I mean, Dark Souls is the same universe, though, Chris. It's not like Final Fantasy, where it's literally different universes. Oh, it's, I didn't the, know it was the same universe. The world of Dark Souls one is without it. Like Dark Souls one and three, they that three is a direct sequel oh, to yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. And in two is an in... indirect sequel to. That's a weird story. Yeah, two is kind of two is kind of out in its own thing. But yeah, one and, and three are and then direct. Mario wakes up at the end, and it was a dream. Exactly, it was a dream. Yes, exactly. exactly. It was a dream. We, we already talked about this, right, Chris? In, in Dark Souls one, uh, you know, uh, the fire is dying yeah. during Gwen's time. He he linked the fire himself to keep the flame going. The flame is still lit. And you are awakened as the undead, and you are the chosen undead to link the fire. In Dark Souls 3, mm -hmm. the flame is literally, it's embers. It's nearly gone. All of the undead are gone. And now what's waking, now what's waking up are the previous, the uh previous people who attempted to link the flame throughout the millennia and who failed. And so they are now awakening, and they're called the Ashen Ones. And these people who have tried in their own time periods to link the flame. And so what you're doing as an Ashen One is you're collecting the souls of these previous lords who linked the flame millennia ago. Uh, Aldrich and uh, the giant and uh, Lothric. You're, and you're trying to get their souls so that you can combine their souls with your soul for you to then have the power to link the flame again or to not link the flame or to do something else, which is really, really fun. And then you can um, get cool and philosophical about it. Exactly. And so it's like, do you let the world die? Why are we linking the flame? And that was always the question is, wait, why am I doing this? Should I do this? Why would I want to do this? And it's like, well, so the world can go on. And it's like, well, what world? This world? This world. So this could happen again? This world sucks. What is... <laughs> so it's, 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 it's really intriguing. And at first, I like you, Chris completely confused it made no sense i got to the end and i was like okay i linked the flames that that's it what do i and i didn't understand that the, it was about the journey and the choice you know because in dark souls one you have two choices you link the flame or you don't link the flame Th that's what happens at the end of the game you know that at the beginning of the game that those are your two choices um, what does the third game assume what does the third game assume happened at the end of the first game you linked the flame you did link the flame 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, or you didn't link the flame, and eventually the flame sparked because they talk about that happening in the very beginning of the universe. There was nothing, and then a flame appeared. Right in Dark Souls three, the the she talks about there being ages a time that ages of dark, and then a flame will. St- I see a flame. I see it in the distance at a flame. So it's possible that your character in the first game didn't link the flame, but so, it wouldn't matter because eventually the flame would spark and it would get us to the time period that we are again right now. So, so also, what you do does not matter. Well, it seems yes. <laughs> it seems that because there's so many millennia and different things, and you can put your, you write your own story, though, Matt. You decide yeah. what happened in the past and what happens in this future, so you can be like, oh, in the first game, I linked the flame, so now I'm in that same world where I linked the flame, and now I'm in Dark Souls three, you know, deciding whether I should, you know, awaken these lords and whether we should link the flame or do something else. And if you so choose, you can make all these choices while double fisting great shields and not wearing pants. Exactly. Exactly. You can also you you can also dress up like one of those candle people. Have you seen the people? Who, yes, the, I've seen um, the candle people. One of those guys came into my world and I was yeah, like, why is like, a giant candle helping wait, me? Okay. Wait, like Lumiere? <laughs> yeah. yeah there's a there's a monster yes. in one of the archives and they literally look like candle evil Campbell's candles on they have enchanted candles on their head and the wax has dripped over their faces yeah. and they are dedicated to the crystal sage in the level and they have like candelabras and cast a magic at you it's badass and you can Whoa. get their uh outfit and you can do a build with that and be pretty powerful and it's hilarious be a candle dude i yeah. I, I, w- I will admit as i go through dark souls right. i don't know why i'm trying to save the world like it's horrible even the nice people look like horrible, mean monsters. Like I wish the I wish the world building like showed me a place worth saving. <laughs> like it's well, just I mean, awful. once again, like, we're the normal people, right? I think you have to remember that that world just isn't our world. Like oh. I mean, even in Bloodborne, I'm in Bloodborne in in the World Ward Cathedral. There's this really nice person who runs the cathedral, and he's like, "Hi, let anyone know if anyone needs to hide out from the hunt, you could bring them here, and I'll keep them safe." And he sounds so nice. Chris, his character is this like gigantic looking scary zombie, and he's like, "Ah!" But he's like, "Hi, come come to my come to my <laughs> cathedral ward, and I will keep you safe." And well, he hides like, his hideousness under a sheet, like any true town. Like any true, exactly, should. exactly. But look, the world, <laughs> this world is insane. And if you go to the Ring City, you find out that when the fire starts to die, all of the time periods start colliding on each other, and so there's like castles that are coming out sideways and upside down. Oh, that's oh, some Doctor Who shit! I love it. So amazing. Cool. Well, that's also so that, that's the thing is time gets time and the barriers between worlds blur which is why other players can overlap can, and yes why they can invade yeah mm. uh, so i like that they i like yeah, yeah i like that inclusion of that kind of meta stuff and like thinking through it and it's not just the, like the, now there's the last area in dark souls 3 does some really cool stuff with that as you approach the flame at the end of dark souls 3 is one of the coolest vistas in the entire series so hmm. just kind of based on our discussion and kind of like what we've learned of matt thus far like for my experts which game would you suggest he play if he can only play one and it doesn't have to be a souls game it could be like bloodborne or you know demon souls or something i get to Um, pick one too you go right great i think look both of those games are incredible uh uh i think it's how do you normally play games are you normally i've got my switch in my pocket i play switch all the time or are you normally i usually play on my 4k tv playstation 
if if it's Switch, go on and play Dark Souls on the Switch. It's right there. If it's the PlayStation, you might as well play Dark Souls 3. It is a it is a more perfected version of the game without a doubt. I started with Dark Souls 3 and didn't mind not knowing the uh mythos. I watched a 30-minute what happened in Dark Souls 1 and 2 to get me ready for Dark Souls 3. And even that was like, what? Okay. What? So uh, it's one of those games where you you can't spoil anything for yourself. Yeah, if I'm anything, more TV than handheld, so that right, great. So yeah, I would do three. If anything, I would the next time, and I, I did this with Bloodborne, and I'm so happy. I literally watched the entire like an hour long lore of Bloodborne, a blood a blood. Tell me the story of Bloodborne. Tell me everything, and then when I actually played the game, I was not confused at all, hmm. and it was weird because I basically spoiled the whole story, you know. And right. but because I did that, I wasn't confused by the craziness that's in that game. Uh, and I recommend anybody who hasn't played Dark Souls, do not worry about spoiling yourself. The more you know about the world, the more fun you will have in the game. Well, because it it, it isn't about the story. Like all that story is there again, but it's like it's about right. the experience of being in that world that is supported by the story. They that's right. that's cool. Mason, do you have a? Do you, do you have a, a, a suggestion to yeah, Matt? Yeah, I would say, I would definitely say if you're going to do it, play him 3 one, two, in that order. Um, okay. Three is just, the first one, I think by virtue of being the first one and them testing things out, just is a little bit clunkier. Sure. So, uh, despite the things that everyone might love about the, like, I, I know a lot of people in college who just swore up and down while we were playing three that one was a better game. And I didn't agree with them. But, um, you know, I, I think 3 is at the very pace uh, more streamlined. The combat is a little bit faster paced. I think they realized after Bloodborne came out that people do want a slight uptick in the speed. And if you play 1 and 3, you notice that 1's a little bit slower. Um, but, yeah, I would definitely I would definitely play 3. 3 is it's just a feast for the eyes. It's very fun. It's very customizable. And there's going to be, like, a wall that and it's kind of like with Hades at a certain point unfortunately there's no god mode in dark souls but you know it, at a certain point you're going to get past that wall and then you're going to unlock a new area and you're going to see some like uh like crazy vista and unlock all these new options and realize that like the reward of that moment is what you're playing for yeah that's yeah that's really compelling i i really like that a lot that's a good way to think about it if i if I do play just one, I think I would hop into three, it sounds like. and But the thing I'm definitely going to do is I'm going to watch one of Scott's videos. <laughs> that that actually made yeah. me a good idea is you, to you like watch that. a video and then decide. Yeah. But again, Dark Souls 3 is super cheap. Like It's been out a few years. Um, it's cheaper than the remaster of one. When did um, it come out? Uh, 18? 17? Dark Souls 3 came out in 2016. Oh, wow. So when was the first Dark Souls? 2011. Oh, wow. It's that. I didn't realize it was that old. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like Demon's Souls was like 2008. Yeah. Demon's Souls was was 2008 until, and and they obviously just did a huge remake for PS5, and that's supposed to be fantastic. Um, But the the remakes do kind of fix a couple of things. They don't make the games just look prettier, they just fix a few nitpicky things. Um, that people had with the original releases, but yeah, like the original Dark Souls was 2011. Oh wow! So okay. yeah, yeah. 
Also, original Dark Souls features a wolf wielding a sword in its mouth, which is one of the coolest things that could ever be airbrushed on a van. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's nice. Just recently ripped off by Pokemon. Yep. Oh, nice. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You know, I, I, Chris, I do think that we will get a Dark Souls four. Dark Souls four. Uh, the Dark Souls three. The the endings do really complete the storyline, but there mm-hmm. are two distinct paths that the game can go, which would lead uh, from endings of that game to very distinct, very interesting things that could happen that would just be crazy. Even if it's not a Dark Souls 4, it would be something that would just be in the same universe. But I do agree with you that it won't be for a while because we'll get Elden Ring before that. We will also get a Bloodborne 2 before all of that uh, mm. uh, because that game was unbelievably popular as well. So good. I was going to uh, ask if you would rather have a Dark Souls 4 or a Bloodborne 2. I would take a Bloodborne 2 any day of the week. If I was allowed, I would just... Just like there's the dark, edgy weeb that watched too much Hellsing just like woke up the moment I saw my character slicked in blood and wielding like a saw spear. I was like, this is what I need. The, f- the first time I was in the Cathedral Ward and I was like, oh, what's that glowing blue light? And then all of a sudden I get swiped and lifted up in the air by this thing that looks like Cthulhu and, and then he crushes me. I was like, oh, it's okay. That's what we're doing in this game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, and by the way, that's also how you access the DLC in this game by doing that exact same thing. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Matt, we're, we're nearing the hour and a half mark. Uh, is there anything, any final thoughts or questions you had or my guests, you know, vice versa? But Matt, I want to check in with you first. Uh, no, you guys have been so thorough. And like, like I said, like, it's such an interesting concept that's hard for me to wrap my head around wanting to spend the time and energy on. But I will say that you guys have done an excellent job convincing me. And I, I, I think I'm, if I was, I think I was probably like 30% before starting tonight. Where I was like, I'm probably never gonna do this. Maybe if like I'm suddenly out of work and Chris mails me Scott's copy or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. I'll spend a month doing that. But uh, I'll send you God of War and um, yeah, Jedi Fallen yeah. Order also. But uh, but now I'm sort of like, oh, you know, I've really been liking Hades. Sounds like it's got a cool story, which I didn't really understand that aspect of it. I thought it was just a lot of grinding. And even though the story isn't like forward in it, I like the idea that that story has created a very creative world instead of just like gross monsters. Um, although I'm sure there's elements of that too. Um, mm-hmm. And do you I like. Do you like to finish games? Do you, Do you need to finish a game? I guess is a better. I don't need question. to. I don't okay. need to. I I I think. I think it's more common now for me to like pick a game I know I'm going to finish, which is also part mm. of why I, I I don't jump into as many things as I used to. Yeah, uh, but I'm also fine with like, oh, I tried this out for a while and I'm good. Like I never finished. Uh, I bought um, Cuphead because I was oh, like, yeah. Cuphead's yeah. beautiful and it's really cool Great. and it's like super hard and I was like, nah, I'm good. Uh, and like Cuphead so I, is is as difficult as. Dark Souls, like yeah, it's yeah, that hard. Yeah, yeah. It really is. <laughs> it is super hard, and hard. I, I, yeah, especially if it's like something's like a downloadable thing, and it's not like a sixty dollar day of release mm-hmm. thing. I, I'm like, oh, I'll 
I can try this out for a while. And if I don't, if I'm not, it's not grabbing me. I, I can come back to it later. Like I never finished, I never finished Hollow Knight, for example, but I've still mm-hmm. got it downloaded. And it's one of those things one of these days, like, oh, I'll hop back into Hollow Knight and learn Hollow Knight. I downloaded, again. I downloaded a game that's similar to Hollow Knight and similar. It's kind of also trying to copy Dark Souls and Hollow Knight called Blue Flame. That's kind of fun too. I'll give that oh. a shout out. All right. Yeah. It's very it's a cute little hop around game. It was on the, the Switch store for like twenty bucks. Cool. Nice. Yeah, I think I think if you made peace with with just being happy to not finish the game, if you if you bought Dark Souls three or I sent you Scott's copy, um, and you spent like fifteen hours in it, ten hours in it, and then never touched it again, I think you would be happy with that. Or yeah, maybe you'd spend longer, a, you know, like it's still a cool experience. I'm still mm-hmm. learning from it and like I, I like you know, I think a lot about design and stuff for my day job, and like that's really valuable. So, yeah, you guys have pushed me into the eighty percent to ninety percent. If you meet anybody who's like a hardcore fan and has one of the art books, I lucked out and got the special edition of Dark Souls Three. And if you get any of the design books for any of the three games, the the concept art for all this stuff is just so cool. To oh, look I at. love that. It is the the design the designs again. Like it really echoes like that tone of Castlevania. Like there's just some really weird, cool, creepy stuff. There are well, certain great swords I would be sad to collect. To be like, why isn't this optimized for my build? It looks so pretty. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's why I played it again. That's why I would find weapons that I wanted to use that didn't that weren't strong in my build, and I was like, "Well, I yeah. gotta, well we're gonna have to play it again because I really want to." I would get a spell, and I'm like, "Oh, like like I, my first playthrough, I, I found the Great Chaos Fireball, and I was oh, like, yeah. I want to cast this spell. It it is it's really hard to get that spell. It's like in the middle of this like fire lava thing that you have to find a way to drop down, and it's very hard to find it. And I and I did it, and I was like, "Yay! What is this? Oh, I can't use it. Crap!" Uh, and so, yeah. but I was like, "But I." guess i gotta play the game again as a pyromancer and then my life was my life was good that was my oh my life was good mm-hmm. hack and blow up <laughs> hack hack blow up hack, it's, blow up. it's, hack, blow it's up. so good it's so fun pyromancer <sighs> was so much fun well i think this is a great place to to bring this uh discussion to a close uh real quick let's go around scott i'll start with you where can people find you pimp you know what are, things you're working on or people wish to follow you or send you dark souls hate mail you know like where can people follow you at you can follow me on instagram at, at t scott ross uh i uh used to be in the cast of rock of ages in new york city but since the pandemic i am on my couch playing bloodborne so what's really great is that my daughter takes naps from about 12:30 until 3:30 so that's 3 straight hours of video game time every single day. So things are pretty good right now. Nice. Very nice. Uh Mason, what about you? Uh I am Mason KD20 at Mason KD20 on Instagram. You can see me posting about my fitness stuff and my D&D games and pictures of my dog and cats. Um I got a podcast I'm working on where I will be curating some tales of uh, my various uh, D&D friends' adventures that they've gone on through their various campaigns because uh, I have a deep interest in the roles we give ourselves when there isn't a casting director in the room or you're just a non-actor nerd. So, uh, yeah, that's oh, what cool. I got going on. Yeah. Nice. Amen. Amen. That's nice. fun. Uh, yeah, Matt, yeah. Hit me up. Matt, what about you? Uh, you can find me online uh, on Twitter and Instagram at More People Happy. And... Uh, 
Uh, you can also listen to me on Hello from the Magic Cavern, uh, coming out every week on the Airwolf Network. And you can go back and listen to 10 plus years of improvised Star Trek, uh, also another podcast. So huh. enjoy those, have a good time. And um, yeah, that's it for me right now. God, improvised Star Trek lasted longer than regular Star Trek. Like all of them. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> longer than any of those shows. It sure did. Wow. Well, yeah, that is I, that is awesome. I am the captain with the most hours left. You you wow. really are. You really are. I'm gonna tell Patrick Stewart that. Yeah. So and I'm gonna tell one one thousand millionth of a paycheck, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Um I've been your host, uh, Chris. Uh we have many different topics coming up later this year and topics recently that we just released. We just did a big episode on the Nintendo 3DS, which unfortunately got uh, its production ended recently. Uh, at the time of this recording, we'll have released a Predator podcast Ooh. where we had some very divisive opinions about which Predator is the best Predator and which death is the <gasps> best death. Mm. So that was a very fun discussion. We'll be doing Dune later this year along with some other fun topics. So there's many things coming to the Nerd Outcast podcast. As always, if you have topic suggestions or comments or questions or protests, you can email them to nerdoutcastpodcast at gmail.com. Gentlemen, we did it. I think we kindled the flame in Matt Young. We did. He's going to link the flame, you well, guys. The flame or will he extinguish the flame? The cycle of horrors has begun anew. Yes, I don't know what to do. Matt, you have brought disparity to the world. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I that, but I hear that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> you meet a dude named you meet a dude named Havel, coupled in rocks. Turn around. Turn around. You're not ready Turn to beat around. him yet. You're Havel, not ready. Yet. In rocks. Go the other way. Got Go it. Other I'm way. all <laughs> set. I'm gonna win. Yeah, yeah. And remember, Mario. Mario wakes up at the end. So it's all Mario wakes up. Oh, it's all a dream. At the end. Uh, yeah. I've been your host, Chris Bashan, and chatting with me about Dark Souls have been T. Scott Ross, Mason Kale, and me, Matt Young. Thank you, and may the Ashen One be with you.